Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to FixTheNation.com. And that's right, this is John Jensen talking to you live. Um, today, let's talk cabinet and some appointments for the president-elect, Donald G. Trump. Hmm. A couple interesting ones. So we went from the first five, which were all white males, to a couple females, and a potential for housing and urban development. So let's talk a little bit about those quickly. Um, one, education. No great surprise. We're in a lot of options to go to. Um, I'm going to say his first choice, who was out of Manhattan. I want to say it's Moskowitz, I think was her name. Um, Democrat, she said no. Uh, DeVos is now going to be the uh, Secretary of Education. Excellent. Okay. No problem with that. Aligns with his values, so no no problem there. Um, Nikki Haley, governor, South Carolina, got tapped for UN ambassador. We're going to come back to that one. Um, and the doctor, Ben Carson, is the likely about-to-be-mentioned Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, HUD. Okay, so let's let's start with Mr. Carson, um, Dr. Carson, rather. Oh, wow. Okay, so you take a guy with a medical expertise, and it's not Surgeon General, and it's not Health and Human Services. Uh, yeah, we're going to go housing and urban development. Okay. Okay. Let's see what he has to give. Okay. Um, DeVos is entrenched in education, so she's in her wheelhouse, so I have no issue with that at all. And then you have Nikki Haley. Now, see, this is one of those things we're kind of getting to the tip of the spear, the tip of the iceberg, whatever you want to call it, where you kind of have to oh, I don't, I, it's, have a little bit of faith <laughs> that this is a good choice. Now, let's get some things out of the way. She's likable. She's presentable. She's an up-and-comer. She has been a good governor. She's well-liked. She's conservative. There are a lot of things to like about her. But then you say, but hold on a second. You never said she had any foreign policy experience. Correct. That's what I didn't say. So, of course, the obvious question becomes, well, then why would you make her UN ambassador? And we're just going to put it out there with a whole bunch of question marks because that's what we're all wondering right now. Um, I was very surprised by this pick. Um, Richard Grinnell, 
uh, who had been an assistant under John Bolton that had uh, international experience, that had paid his dues, uh, I, I thought was on the shortest of the short lists for a position like this. I'm more than surprised he didn't get it. I'm more than surprised that she got it. And I'm very confused on what the oh I don't know the marching orders the the hierarchy now if the if the if the see this is tough to read if the belief is drain the swamp means let's put people in place that don't have established connections if that's how you're going to approach drain the swamp okay maybe I get it. But you're giving up a lot of experience. You're making a lot of bold assumptions. Um, she was not someone, Nikki Haley, who beat down his door, Trump's, and supported him through thick and thin. She was actually an opponent of his. Um, but you give her the, t- you, you give her the, ch- you know. The UN ambassadorship, okay? Um, grow her for uh, for a next generation. She has domestic. You give her some international exposure, and in four years she's ready for X, Y, Z, okay? Because don't get me wrong, there's a lot of possibilities here. You know, just when you think you understand everything, you understand nothing. So it 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 gets pretty tricky pretty quick. Okay, but now we start opening up Pandora's box, and it gets really complicated. So we're going to walk through a few countries and then come back to cabinet appointments. Okay, let's start with Ukraine. Happened years ago, our company brutally didn't respond in any way, shape, or form that mattered. You can diplomacy all you want, but you were, when you are just come up completely and limp in foreign policy leadership, it just is what it is. Just say it. So that being said, the Ukraine goes down under Russia. And we, the only super on the planet, stand idly by. That's one. Two. North Korea keeps developing long-range missiles, and yet we do nothing. That's number two. The Philippines, who have been, I'm going to call it allies of ours, or under our watch for 50 or 60 years, are literally about to go a different direction. And we're about to lose them as a strategic platform. Three. Um, Let's go to, oh, I don't know, pick a winner. Let's go to Turkey. 
which is four. So when you have turkey, you have uh, internal coup. You have a situation that you can't – oh, how do I say it? Oh, you can't lose Turkey. You have two developed nations in that region, Turkey and Egypt, basically. You cannot lose Turkey as a staging ground. You cannot have Erdogan go to a Russia, a China as a backer and get us flipped out of there. But it gets tricky. That being said, that was four. Um, let's go to five, Syria. Oh, yes, this administration do that, you know, completely horrific lie in the sand. Syria crossed it, and we still did nothing. Six, we have an Iran deal on the table, and it's going into motion, and we can't get away from it. All those kind of brutal things. That's six. Number seven, Middle East in the general principle of it's been on flames for years. Uh, this administration has done nothing but deteriorate and destabilize. Don't just think about them apples. Let's talk about, I don't know, China and the South China Sea as seven. Yes, they breached international law. Yes, they have, you know, brutally just ignored the the Hague. That being said, number seven. So as you just kind of take a look around the world, you have strained relations with Israel. While you have Israel that are or relations that are actually getting better with Cuba and Vietnam. So your allies get weaker and your enemies get stronger. Very confusing times. That being said, though. Who you put in trust of the international platform is very important. You have people that are governors of South Carolina going to the UN. You have two more positions that I will say have, oh, I don't know, international flavor, if you want to call that. State Department, by far, is there. And then you have Director of National Intelligence. Let's just assume things play out like normal right now. That means Mitt Romney is Secretary of State, former Governor of Massachusetts with no foreign relations exposure at all. And Director of National Intelligence would be Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York. Okay. Now, forget about the competency as professionals. I don't have any issue with them at all. All three. Nikki Haley, Romney, or Giuliani. Here's the issue, though. If you're actually going to fight an international fight against ISIS, if you're actually going to fight or deal with those seven countries I just rattled off 
That's not a complete list. It's just a top-of-mind list. If you're going to improve U.S. relations all the way across the globe, don't you think you need a little bit more foreign policy exposure or experience? Don't you think that taking a Giuliani with none and a Romney with none and a Haley with none is a real big roll of the dice? Now listen, it's not about those people. It isn't even about whether they're good or bad choices. I'm going even more granular than that. I'm going to commonsensical question. Is it a lucid decision? You have a John Bolton sitting there waiting to be tapped for State Department with formidable international experience, and you're going to pass. I don't get that. You had a Richard Grinnell with international experience, and you passed to tap Haley. No offense. I get confused by things like that. has nothing to do with the fact that I want everything that I want. Nothing to do with that has everything to do with making some kind of sense or having some kind of a an understanding. I don't mind DeVos or Haley or Carson from a talent level or a diversity level. They're both wonderful pieces to the complete package that will end up being the cabinet. But, but, in the bigger context of life that is America moving forward, we have to consider oh, the ability to get it done. And I don't question Trump's ability to get it done. But he's not the one actually picking these pieces. And let's go back, let's go up the hierarchy. Trump, no foreign policy experience. Pence, no foreign policy experience. Haley, State, potentially Romney. Giuliani, potentially DNI. Gets confusing pretty quick. That's kind of the message of tonight. The balance President-elect Trump needs to find between bold picks, different picks, impactful picks, and picks that just simply round peg, round hole, just simply kind of fit, such are good choices. John Bolton State Department. 
Like what's what's standing in the way of that? You want Romney. Romney makes you know you make nice with Romney. You could make nice with Romney. You don't have to necessarily give him the State Department. Whereas no, you didn't get Carson health you know healthy human services. That was his wheelhouse. That's one of those you have to you have to ask and they have to answer or not. I don't think they have the high hand. I think Trump has the hot hand, so that's my opinion. But the cabinet has a lot of spots to fill. And going from here, right now we have Five white males, two ladies, and African-American man. So we're getting a little bit back toward a balance in some way. Um, again, I'll say it again, I don't think that's a primary issue. I think that's a secondary issue. Um, if you were to pick the entire cabinet and pick the best people for the job, they were by far the most qualified, but they all happened to be Asian, happened to be African American, happened to be Hispanic, happened to be gay, happened to be Muslim, happened to be Catholic, happened to be white. I couldn't care. I don't look at life that way. No matter what slice it takes, it doesn't matter to me. Optically, I of course understand the consequences. Optically, the media would spin it into a oh-my-God moment, no matter how it played out. You know, here's the funny part. If it was Hillary Clinton and she picked, you know, 16 minorities, they would love her for empowerment. I'm going to say this. I think if if Trump actually picked 16 minorities... They'd vilify him for pandering because it's Trump. Just odd, but that's a guess. So now we stand with Haley, with DeVos, with Carson. Carson, I like the pick. One, loyal. Two, very bright man, very articulate, intelligent, well-spoken. I think he's a good leader that will drive whatever he's given to a better result. And I like that because that's the general premise of governing, of managing, of of leading. I think Nikki Haley is a good choice in general. I question where she was put. Could I see her doing something like, you know, interior, labor, commerce, a position like that, and getting a little bit more hands-on domestically. But then again, if she only wants to get an international foothold because that's what she's looking for, now the decision is you get her in an international spot or you don't get her at all. Now the question becomes, how much do you want her? Um, I do think that if you're going to take a quote-unquote rookie for U.N. ambassador, 
I think you need to get a more seasoned professional at the State Department. To me, her choice impacts Mitt Romney. I don't see it any other way. Um, I can't fathom he gets state and doesn't have a stronger leader across across the aisle, so to speak. Um, not that they're related, related, but they're different approaches to an international flavor. Um, now, if you were to put it, John Bolton as Secretary of uh, State, you know, with a strong hand, you you can have Nikki Haley kind of grow in the position. Um, I, Richard Grinnell, put him in state, would make more sense. He has international experience. He goes to the state. You know, you're not comfortable with Bolton with you know his, you know, can he get, you know, get through Senate? Okay, then pick Grinnell. It makes more sense than Romney at this point. Um, here, uh, by the way, while we're on the on the on the topic of Romney. I'm going to throw a couple curveballs at you. I want you to really eat this up, think about it. What has Mitt Romney done his entire professional career? Simple answer, he's a turnaround specialist. He takes things that don't work very well. He buys them. He improves them. He either sells them or makes money from them. Okay. So he's a turnaround specialist. Just use that phrase. Think about this the other day. You know what he'd be great for? Veteran affairs. Put him in charge of veteran affairs and let him fix the VA. Let him fix that insanity of bureaucracy. Let him fix that for all the veterans that have and will be passing through. Give him two years. Fix it. Then you do, you merge VA with defense. So it's a seamless transition. You join the military, we take care of you for life. The same department. That would be a huge win for him, huge win for the country, and a, a two-year stint of revitalizing a dormant, horrific department. Number two, IRS. See, this is what people don't think. Think about, oh, yeah, I'm crying, oh. I want you to think about the IRS for a second. Recent history, IRS is known for what? Attacking conservatives, screening out conservatives, uh, you know, oh, oh, you know what? Turnabout's fair play, right? Okay, so here's my thought. This is what we do. You take someone like a Michelle Bachman, and you drop her in charge of the IRS. Oh, why would you want that? I want you to understand something. Do you have un- any idea how impactful that position is going to be in a couple ways? Two. One is, once we pass tax reform, part of the tax reform package is to reposition the IRS into three distinct chunks. Okay? And reduce it. So the IRS is about to get revamped in a huge way, and whoever that leader is needs to be a strong, disciplined leader that can sell a message to conservative, smaller government beliefs. 
I think Michelle Bachman would be excellent for that role. Valuable and impactful. Okay. Let's move past that for a second and go to the number two reason for the IRS. Let's think about immigration for a sense. Immigration under Trump is going to take on a whole different enchilada. What about people who file taxes, e-verify on the very socials that are there? What happens if the social gets flagged as not legal? What happens to that money? Do you send their refund? Hmm. Interesting twist. IRS is a federal agency. E-verify. Federally legal. States have the rights to enforce at their level, but doesn't IRS have the right to enforce at their level? Things that make you go, hmm, as our senior hall would say. So my point is, we have leaders we need to pick for the future of the cabinet. We have a mission to accomplish in the agenda that is, in fact, Trump's mandate. A lot of what Trump has done, I agree with wholeheartedly. Um, some of it, I, it just, it's counterintuitive. I'm going to have to see it play out. I don't distrust him. I don't I don't look at him as a authoritarian fascist kind of thing. I think he's someone who wants a strong America. Well, so do I. So I but I'm not fascist. I think he's someone who wants a stronger US presence, so do I. I think he wants a stronger international force, so do I. Um, I think he'd like us to be more have a stronger presence and apologize less. It seems like we've gone the other direction in the last eight years. So that's one of those we have to um, and and let it proceed. Um, Donald Trump is a very different bird. He is a businessman. He is not a career politician. He is a very unconventional candidate. And I get that. I so get that. And that's a good thing. To a point. What's the phrase? Too cute by half? I don't know what that means. But I do mean if you're Trump and you try to make picks that are impactful by their shock nature, they might not be the right picks in the value and the reality of the pick sense. And that's my concern. So what we need to do is to find that middle ground. We need to work our way through and find a cabinet that represents America, a cabinet that gives Donald J. Trump support, but also a very different opinion 
circumference, if you want to call that, I want people to have a very, very different point of view than him and be able to speak their mind. I think the president needs to stay grounded. That's a valuable piece of the cabinet that they can deliver to him. The people say this. We should be doing this. And they're, they're, they keep him grounded, or their diversity keeps him grounded. That's my thought. Um, my take on the cabinet. Um, my name is John A. Jensen. Um, I am FixNation.com. You can get books from me at Amazon.com. That's either FixNation.com, One Grand Bargain, or Why Go Conservative. You can listen to me each and every time at Blog Talk Radio, also available on Stitcher.com, also available on iTunes, the entire archive, by the way, so enjoy. Feel free to tap into my uh, Twitter at at FixTheNation, okay, and share this with as many friends as humanly possible. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing um, as we build this better future for America. I'm not going anywhere, you and yours. Um, that being said, God bless. Thank you for listening tonight, and I will talk to you soonest.